What's up? Not much. Just dying in this heat today. Yep. I am kind of pissed off. Why is that? You know the Switch as a console is kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like as far as like holding up. Yes. Let me give you a comparison first. So I've had the PS4 now for... Eight years. Seven, eight years. I have not had a single problem with this controller. I have not had a the single all, the I know where you're getting The only thing I've had an issue with with the PlayStation is like a month ago, it would just randomly like eject discs or like impress like it was pressing the button. Yeah. Uh, but I took out this like rubber footing thing underneath and it fixed it. So now it's fine. Um, anyways, with the Switch, I've always had drag with my Joy-Cons. Yeah, that, that's... All- now it is so insufferable. You can't do anything because it just drifts down. And then when you fix it, it drifts up. And I just cannot fix it. So... I can't use it as a handheld and I'm going on a trip this weekend and I want to take, I want to have, cause I have final fantasy nine on there and I want to hop back into that, but I can't take it because the fucking thing would only go to the bottom. It's like a, um, one of those games that like Dave and Buster's or something where it's just scrolling and you have to hit the button at the right time to hit the right thing. Yep. So, I don't understand, and I use the PlayStation 4 at least 200 times more often than I use the Switch, and then I have not had an issue. I've had the same controller all the way through everything. Yeah, it's a constant problem that's well known. That's why, well, I started having problems with mine, but I don't really, it's not too bad like yours is. For me, it's more so like every so often it'll drift up. Or it'll have a slight drift right for a moment and I can easily fix it. But I can circumvent this if I connect my own uh, controller, which was a little pro controller, and I spent an additional 60 bucks on Well worth it, by the way. And I have no problems. Shit. Yeah, I have this, like, very light Walmart brand. I got it for, like, 10 bucks. Um, plug-in controller. That's really good. Um, it's just a regular controller, but yeah, I mean it. That gets rid of half of the pretty much half of the appeal. I also didn't know there was a new Fire Emblem out. Yeah, I thought you knew that. Uh, I that's my fault. It's not, but yeah, it's just. I don't know. I want it, but for $60 and I can only play it at home. Because I just got Sonic Colors. Colors. I'm... I have Elden Ring. Oh, you got, you got end stages. You got quite a lot going for you in terms of games. Yeah, I mean, Sonic Colors was only. 
20 bucks. 10 bucks. Aw, damn. And I've just had the biggest kick to play a Sonic game because every single person I watch is playing Sonic Hero, some kind of Sonic game, but mostly Sonic Heroes. Oni plays Super Mega Game Mm -hmm. Grumps. But I'm getting way off here. Yeah. Let me just open the podcast here by saying... um, I'm trying... I had something, damn it. Um, Collectible-wise. Fuck, what was it? Um... If you are looking into getting Legends Series 14, which has Edge, the Edge Chase, which is the red pants, the red tights instead of the white, China, Road Dog, and me, Mark Callis, they are going on sale for $6.99 and less at Target as they move forward to legend series 15 so that is something to be on the lookout for um if you're looking to do the dx set because they did a dx invasion set through this so uh, who do they have first i think it was billy gun was first yeah billy gun triple h china road dog and then x-pac will be in series 15 if you want to do that set, that Billy Gun is only going up in value. So I would grab it while you can, just suck it up and pay the money because it is it has not gone down. I believe it's around fifty to sixty. Damn. And it started out around thirty or so plus shipping when it first came out, and it has only gone up since. Ah, damn. Hey, yep. I wanna I wanna also lump this together because I don't know if you've heard anything about the Chris Jericho podcast stuff. He's um, made it at least twice. I haven't seen anything regarding the Talk Is Jericho podcast recently. Oh, it was not Talk Is Jericho. It was on another one, but it was him being interviewed. Oh, okay. So let's start with this one, and I want to pre- this is something new that he's saying. It's something that he said while she was still alive in, uh, Lord, I forget which book, one of his books. But he has said that China was terrible to work with. Uh, let us see here. He said that she was terrible to work with. She wasn't good, but thought she was. Uh, she was in a position that they were pushing her and pushing her in the way that she could beat up guys. And he said that he never got credit for carrying her. And no one ever said, quote, you're making her look good. It was the other side of the coin. Uh, And then he goes on to say that he got in big trouble working with her because he remembers that Vince McMahon told him, don't treat her like a woman, treat her like a wrestler. And she was stiff. 
And what else here? He said when they worked together, it was a solid fight. And he remembers one time she got a little black eye from him. And you would have thought he cut her arm off with a chainsaw. He got in a bunch of trouble. And he said, let's see here. Okay. He said he did the best he could. The he thinks her best matches were the ones that she had with him. And yeah. Chris Jericho has been on a roll when it comes to talking, speaking his opinion on uh, other wrestlers recently. I don't know what's got him ticked off. We'll get to the Lesnar thing in a second because I have a feeling that's what you're alluded, alluding that, to. That is indeed what I'm alluding to. I don't think it's any secret she wasn't great in the ring. I see a lot of people hopping on and like defending. I, I can't even say defending her because they're not really defending her, but they're like trying to spin it like he's a villain for saying this. And for one yeah, of the dead. That's why I clarified in the beginning and said that, you know, this isn't the first time he's mentioned it and it's not, mm-hmm. you know, he did it when she was alive. But one, nobody was there except them. So there's no real authority on on that other than them. Two, I mean, I don't... I mean, really, Trish and Lita were the only two that were even remotely sound in the ring at that point. At that point in time, and that that was before um, when China was a big thing. That was before Trish Stratus was really a wrestler. She was still a valet at that time. In that entire era, though, I mean, I can. Those are really the only two yeah. I think could really hang today. Um, I think there are very few women that were around the Attitude Era. Uh, I say around because I kind of lump up the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression Era all in the same. Um, yeah, a few true. other women in both of uh, Attitude slash Ruthless Aggression that could kind of go today if they still had their boots laced up. Um, I'm going to bring up... Uh, a, what I think is to be kind of the underdog who really improved every time she was in a ring, but was marred with um, lame stories that were meant for comedy. Um, Kelly Kelly. That's a little bit, that's a little bit cheating. Cause that's kind of near the end of the ruthless aggression, but my point stands to be. It, yeah, that was PG era. Cause she came in. Yeah. Well, no. She would have been in like 06 or 07, I think. Yeah, she would yes, have been yeah, near, near, the, near the tail end of the Ruthless Aggression era. Oh. I don't know why I thought sitting on my foot was a good idea. Oh, there we go. See, I saw him giving him crap over that. Yeah. I've never really heard anybody it, really put her work over either you know it's definitely a topic of contention 
I I really see a lot of people looking back with rose tinted glasses and kind of like hyping up more than what it was. I want to say in that time period, yeah, sure, she was probably better than many other women on that roster. But at the same time, women weren't treated as so much as wrestlers in WWE than they are today. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't want it to sound like a lot of those. Like I thought, a lot of those women were just the shits in general, but a lot of those women in that day were not trained to be wrestlers. They were put out there as quote unquote wrestlers training as they went. And a lot of them were so bad at the beginning as a lot of people are that they were so underwhelming and crowd reaction and stuff that they ended up getting pulled before they could even get good or get exposed when they were absolute dog shit. Or they'd get stuck in valet positions or be used for the bra and panties matches or the uh, the mud wrestling. Yep. Basically anything to get all of the uh, all of the men in the arena aroused and Vince McMahon himself. Moving on to the second part of Chris Jericho's um headlining in podcasts he talked about his confrontation with Lesnar all the way back at SummerSlam of 2016 if you remember that's when Lesnar and uh, I almost said Reigns Lesnar and uh, Orton had the match where yep yep picks his head up and he's just pooling blood yeah with those straight elbows uh, Jericho said that Le- he felt that Lesnar was taking liberties with his. Um, just, just clubbing him with elbows in the head. He didn't know if it was planned or not. Nobody would tell him if it was. Um, he noted that elbows to the side of the head can kill you. And he was thinking that it's bullshit. And he felt that Lesnar was taking liberties. Uh, Jericho was in gorilla. And he says that Brock came through the curtain, saw Chris, Eric, Chris angry about it. And they went face to face. Um, nose to nose. Said that Lesnar was saying things that would probably get him canceled. Homophobic terms. You shouldn't say. And our, he says he he was thinking about biting his nose off. <laughs> says he was thinking, if he comes any closer and takes a swing at me, um, I'm literally going to bite his nose off. And uh, he also noted he might kill me, but he's going to walk around the rest of his life with no fucking nose. Yeah. Oh. They both told him to fuck off, and then Vince McMahon broke it up and told Jericho that he told Brock Lesnar to do that to Randy. Um. So yeah, all those, all these years later, I kind of get an answer on if it was worked or not, and it was, which is good. 
So, yeah. Well, I would hope so that's work because I, I could imagine just going out there like, all right, I'm going to go get my ass whooped by Brock Lesnar, and you just take several elbows to the forehead and you're busted open, bleeding like nobody's business. Yeah, I just wonder if it was supposed to just be elbows and then it he just got cut like – crazy unexpectedly i don't know i don't know but i can understand chris jericho being angry at that from just not knowing if it was planned because that definitely looked unsafe and chris jericho likes to go about stating professional wrestler he takes that literally and that even goes more so when you think about the comments well not necessarily comments the statements he made regarding his match with china and you can look back even more so on other stuff he said. He takes the whole professional action and the, and the entire thing of pro, pro wrestling very seriously. Yeah, it's... And he is not afraid to keep it to, to literally say something, clearly. I do want to mention one thing going forward because I feel like it's probably going to come up in our weekly news. But I don't really think we need to talk about it because it's kind of a dull point where we'd be beating a dead horse. The Jordan Grace thing, I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. Where she, for those of you that don't know, Jordan Grace. I I wasn't going to. Um, I wasn't going to talk about it at all, so just merely just glance over it and carry on. I'll bring it up and do a brief thing on it, and we can go forward. So basically, she went on Twitter, said that Benoit wouldn't be able to remember his matches today if he were around today, and wouldn't be able to keep up with the stars of today. I think in a, on a, pers- or a professional level, the guys today would not be able to hold up with him with how choreographed a lot of things are nowadays versus the go out and just have a match nature back then. That's the first thing. Second thing, his personal life outshadows all of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, So regardless of his work, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, if he didn't do that, he would still be here today and wouldn't have that on his name. But, you know, yeah, uh, that's a she, what if that isn't even a question because he would have blown most of these guys out of the water today. Yeah, I'm not going to add more fuel to the fire for the topic. It's more of she said something stupid, got a lot of flack for it. And rightfully so. <clears throat> just just don't bring up the the cursed name in wrestling history. Just don't. Yeah, apparently it'll make water go down the wrong pipe. <clears throat> Damn it. <laughs> Did you see that we there's speculation? that we might be getting a fourth face of Foley. Yes, I've seen that. 
So PW Insiders reporting that Mick Foley filed a trademark for a name following signing a new Legends contract with WWE. Filing was submitted on the 7th of July for the term Kind Man. Kind Man, but together, K-I-N-D-M-A-N. Kind Man, whatever. All in one word, Kind Man. For entertainment in the nature of wrestling contests, entertainment services, wrestling, basically. Wrestling and entertainment. So, I don't know. Who knows? It has been literal years since I've read his books. Any more characters coming up then, so I would imagine this is a new thing. Yeah. I I haven't read his books, but I I know a bit enough a, a bit about McFoley to know that he didn't plan for a fourth face around that time that he was active in ring. So I'm quite curious. I'm intrigued. We will see what is up with that. There is a gun club diss track coming from Max Caster. Uh, Max Caster. Yep. Coming yep. Up. Just wanted to, uh, which by the way, his uh, rap, um, during uh, what was it, Rampage Fighter Fest? That album was was hysterical. Yes, I believe so. Just want to dr- put that out there now. Let's see here. I want to see what this is before I bring it up. I'm curious what you're talking about because I'm waiting on my stuff to load. Oh, here we go. But I'll wait. Never mind, I read that wrong. I thought this Ricky Starks thing was him saying the WWE, former WWE stars had attitude issues, but he said they do not in the locker room. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, I had to do a double take when I read that one too. Um, so a little bit, a uh, quick update on Io Shirai's WWE contract status. Uh, recently reported that uh, Io Shirai has not signed a new contract with WWE and could soon be a free agent. Um, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports that Shirai has still not signed any new talent contract offered to her. Those in NXT believe she will return to Japan to join Stardom. Now it has the financial backing of uh, Bushy Road, although those in Stardom are unaware if she will return, although they ultimately believe she will move back to Japan. The belief is she would stay with WWE if she was called up to the main roster, as were hope, as was her hope, although it is unclear if WWE has offered her this. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame her. What's the last big thing she did? The tag team was Zoe Starks, or was there more after that? I can't think of any other ones after that, can you? About that, if I tab out of uh, us talking on my phone for a certain period of time, it will just kick me out of the call. That is interesting. Yeah, I was trying to pull up my next thing I was talking about, um, but... Um, I don't recall her having a title belt with Manny Rose, so the last big thing she had was with Zoe Starks. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the last thing I remember. 
I don't even watch it, but the um, NXT, but. Yeah, I haven't watched NXT 2.0 for quite a while. Yeah, it's just dog shit. After the the whole Ziggler and Braun Breaker thing was over and the Viking Raiders had a short stint there, I just I stopped watching. I hate to say it, but it's just it's not good. You'll have like maybe one or two good things and that's about it. Yeah, it's like What are, what's the word there? Mm. It's really all WWE programming right now. And I hate to be that like, oh, AEW is like so much better, but it, it's not so much better. But like WWE is just like wrestling without seasoning. It's just bland. Even the well, people that they're trying to like push, kind of. Mm-hmm. I, ju- I saw a clip on this earlier, and I kind of opened my eyes to it. Dominic Mysterio. It's been two years. Has it really? It has been two years, and nothing. No major development. No progression. I'm not saying he needs to come out and win the title, or just go insanely over but like there is nothing he is with Ray that is it wow it's been two years my god I didn't think it's been that long wow Jesus it's crazy because you look at that and you have a guy that's related to Ray and you look at his past two years and just nothing. And then you look at some of these names that were released. Karrion Cross, for example. NXT champion. Intriguing guy. Great wrestler. Had things going for him. Could have been huge on the main roster. Could have been imposing. And just released. Released because they made him dress up Oh, God. Horribly. God didn't have Scarlet at all for any of his intros or whenever he's coming out to the ring. And he just did nothing with him. Yeah, it just kind of blows my mind. Then you have people that are really good, really great wrestlers that might not be known to the greater public of the fan base but you could bring him in and and say look at this guy this is what he does these this is his accolades blah 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 pete dunn and you bring him in as fucking butch and make him a joke i, I watch i watch smackdown uh we're, we'll talk about it later and my god uh Let's uh, let's talk raw. Speaking yeah. of results, let's get into that. So we open the show with Finn Balor, accompanied by Damian Priest, beating Rey Mysterio, accompanied by Dominic. 
in a decent match. It was okay. Um, of anybody in, uh, shit, what's it called? Judgment Day to face Rey Mysterio. I'm glad it's Balor. Damian Priest could be interesting. Uh, if you've watched Raw, uh, for at least before we start recording, uh, they had a match. I didn't. I just. I know you were you were come back from work. And that and I just. I don't. The first I, hour of Raw was honestly pretty decent. I don't have any more wrestling spirit to be crushed. I just don't have it in me. The, the, this the first hour of Raw was pretty decent, all things considered. I wouldn't say it was really good. I would say it's more good, less bad. Next match we have was Carmella beating Bianca Belair by countout for, uh, in a uh, Raw Women's Championship match. The, the whole they they literally uh, diagnosed Bianca Belair with dumb syndrome at the end of the match, and then the next thing they had her do was uh, just destroy Carmella, showing that. Yeah, I, yeah, I really don't. I don't have words. And she went from serious to dumb. So, like, I don't get it. Next match, we had AJ Styles and Ezekiel defeating The Miz and Champa by DQ. <sighs> I don't Why care. do we call Trump up if he's just going to fucking job? Uh, not, e- not even just this match, but in general. Like, he was an NXT champion. He was in some sort NXT of the greatest. Some people would put him in that greatest NXT champion tier. And he had a great tag team championship run with with uh, Johnny Gargano and DIY. Mm-hmm. Great feuds, all overall, like just fantastic. And then they bring him up, do a little bit of something with him in the beginning, and then just uh, throw him randomly on the card and like, all right, call it a day. After that, we had this fucking amalgamation of shit. Um, Alexa Bliss and Asuka beating Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop in four minutes. Uh, four whole minutes. I don't know what their whole direction is. I can't keep track with Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop. One week they're apart. Another week they're teaming. They're back and forth. They're not building to anything. I don't know. And it, they're Alexa still Bliss going. Asuka is just a, a fuck it. People like both of these people put them in a team kind of thing. And I'm so not we, there for it. They need to be like, we need to get our money's worth out of these two in particular. So we'll get our money by putting them on the card against these two. Um, maybe we'll do something with the story, but most likely not. It doesn't make sense. 
after that we had a I just knew Uso's beating our truth and the street profits don't give a fuck about that match I don't care I don't I liked the Usos man and I still think they're a great tag team but Christ and I, and I like the street profits and Omas I'm sorry you can't polish a turd in the ring he is absolute dog shit he is going, I mark my words, he is going to be the giant Gonzalez of this era. He just cannot work. And I'm sure they're great people. But just wrestling is not the, the way. Finishing out the night in this baffling way we had Bobby Lashley and Riddle beating Seth Rollins and Theory because now Seth Rollins and Riddle are feuding for some reason yeah they, we need to get Seth Rollins and Riddle on the SummerSlam card some way somehow oh we know put them in a feud <sighs> them having matches hey fine but I don't, it's just weird. I don't know. They kind of, I will say, in the first hour of Raw um, tonight, as of recording, um, they really did build up a little bit more to the feud to where I can justify like being invested into it now with you know Seth Rollins selling the the heel that he is, and a little bit of help with on the Kevin Owens show, which the one time I will admit was good for the story. Yeah. But that this isn't the, the, the Raw before we start recording and the Raw we're talking about last week are two separate things. Yeah. At the moment we're playing this, they're like, uh, shit. Uh, put them in a feud, we'll work on it later. Oh, let's uh, let's move on to boo, 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 dynamite. Yes, fighter fest night one. Yes, opening the show we have Wardlow beating Orange Cassidy to retain the TNT Championship. Pretty solid match. Nothing really good match. Nothing for me to complain about in that. I'll be singing praises on both ends, both Wardlow and Orange Cassidy. Great wrestlers. Great characters. I've seen a lot, not a lot of people, but I've seen a couple people say the only thing Wardlow needs to fix now is his hair. And I don't see an issue. I don't see an issue either. Well, it's such a like a little minor thing to nitpick. It's like when he's whooping ass and like doing all this crazy shit and him just being a that's the last thing I'm doing is thing like oh you could like fix his hair I don't know that's the last <laughs> thing I'm of. Yeah, that's the last thing I'd ever think of 
After this, we had John Moxley beating Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, that was a really decent match. I like both of them. Takeshita is a very gifted wrestler. Moxley is, I've always One liked of my favorites. somehow growing on me even more. Yeah. I can't really add much to it. It was really good. I like both both men. Really big fan of John Moxley, so after this we had Luchasaurus beating Griff Garrison in a minute thirty. Which makes sense in a way because you're starting to push Luchasaurus a little more closing force with Christian. Um poor poor Griff Garrison, Brian Pillman Jr., man. They can never catch a break. They really can't. First they lose a bunch of matches and then they lose Julia to the House of Black. Uh, they still haven't fought that, by the way. Which is kind of nope. weird. They haven't like tried to appeal to like the paranormal part saying like oh this isn't you and like we're gonna fight to get you back they're just like ah fuck it have her they're like uh we don't need a ballet fuck it move on after this we had Claudio Castagnoli beating Jake Hager in a I don't want to say it was stiff but it was worked very um shoot style which was interesting to see it was very interesting but in the end I was having a good time, so I think it was good, all things. Yeah, it was um, it was very different. I thought it was good. Which, which you know, different can, can be better. After this, we had Serena Deeb beating Anna Jay in about eight minutes. A solid match. I'd, there was nothing like outstanding about it, but if I re- if I remember right, it's Anna Jay's hometown. Oh, I don't know that much information, nor do I remember. I think that's that was what it was. But hey, I I, I knew who the winner was going to be. I just was hoping that the match was good, and it was good. After that, we had the three-way. They don't call it triple threat. The three-way match. Swerve in our glory, beating the Young Bucks and Team Taz, which is Ricky Starks and Hobbs, to win the World Tag Team Championship. Still can't get over that name, Swerve in our glory. It's a little odd, but, you know, it's good. If it's what gets them stand the Whatever, I'm just going to say it's a bit weird. Maybe it'll grow on me, maybe not. I like both of the men in that team. Overall, I would say, yeah, this is still pretty good. Let's do do Rampage first. Yes, let's get the first week of Fighter Fest over. So to open... Rampage, we had Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order taking on Malachi Black and Brody King. Uh, uh, I, I loved this opening match. I really did. It was really good. 
there were a couple of times I really thought House of Black was going to lose. But then, like, on the last near fall, and I seen Malachi Black get up, and I was like, oh, Black Mass. I seen it, and I was so happy. I was ecstatic. Yeah. Um, the, the whole thing, the match, especially with the, um, like, uh, tag team, um, a lot of tags, those were really good on both teams. I really liked it. Yeah, it was it was a great match. Uh, Brody King beat Alex Reynolds, and House of Black took out the win. Yep. Oh, let's see here. After that was done, House of Black was going up the stage. Darby Allen jumped off the top of the tunnel onto Brody King. Brody yep. King uh, beat Allen for a little bit. Um, Sting walked out. They stared at each other. Malachi Black and Sting. A little long, but you know. The entire Miro. thing with Sting and Malachi was really good. Like, like Black and Sting. And they just kind of staring at each other. So both of them as true badasses. Yeah, I mean, either way. Um, Miro was next, and like, he has kind of the cryptic promos like Malachi Black, but I will say the Miro's are a little more. And I like Miro's better. There's more like energy to it, and there's more. I don't know. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying because with Malachi Black, it's more of like lean back, sort of cryptic, uh, promos. Whereas M- Miro's promos are cryptic, but he's like in your face about it, and you just feel the energy. I'll just say it. Give me the Miro Brody King match. Give me the match. I want it. That would be really good. I will. I want it too. After this, we had a championship match. Jonathan Gresham defending his Ring of Honor World Title against Lee Moriarty. Pretty good match. Pretty good. It, it was a solid match. For a moment, I was like kind of meh about it. Caught up with the story completely. Uh, at the time when I was watching it. And then um, after watching it, I'm like, okay, you have me invested. So after this match, um, Claudio Castagnoli came out to challenge him. He didn't like come out and say anything, but he did challenge him. Like you kind of get that from when he comes out. And after this, we had a Christopher Daniels short promo in the back where he warns Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt not to say bad things about Samoa Joe or he'll slap Joe's name out of Jay Lethal's mouth. I really like the very end of that promo. Wait a minute. 
Small Joe's name out of your mouth. I really like that line. Christopher Daniels. Uh, Didn't he have like a big match on Dynamite or something? Like the first one in front of people again after COVID? Shit. I don't remember. Either. It was something. I I don't know. Moving on. We got my favorite AEW wrestler, Chris Statlander, teaming with Athena to take on the Renegades, Charlotte, Charlotte, and Robin. That, oh, I'm invested in that. Just it's so good. The entire angle with Athena and Chris Statlander going against Jade Cargill and her baddies. So good. It is. The match itself was also very solid. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought it was good. It was just there to push again the Jade Cargill rivalry. I kind of, I just wish they would like go forward with the match, but we'll get there. I would hope they would do something like for Fighter Fest, like just do the TBS Championship match and then. Um, Either continue on with the feud with a different champion or just move on entirely. Oh, let's see. After this, we had the gun club addressing their departure from the from being with the acclaimed. Uh, one of the quotes. There just comes a time when daddy ass has to drop the hammer. <laughs> the acclaimed ran out there. Billy Gunn requested one more scissoring. And Anthony Bowens, instead of accepting that request, super kicked him. So there you go. Now we have this match was going to light the roof on fire. Private Party, Lucha Bros. Yes. That it did. Match. It's, it, oh my God. Finish it out with Ray Fenix hitting a black fire driver to win the match. That entire match was great from start to finish. They were selling it like before the match even started with like a recap which was a really good recap. And once the entrances begun and they got to the ring, I was, the energy was building up and the entire match was just fantastic. Hmm. And the right winner was, was called too. Moving on to SmackDown. This one has Oh, is this the one or was it house show? Shit. Shit, shit, shit. Liv Morgan versus Natalia. That was um uh, I think it was a lot I think it was SmackDown. If for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, there was a match where Liv Morgan 
pinned Natalia and then Natalia pulled an Austin Aries and no sold the finish, said something to Liv and then just left. Oh no, that was a, that was a house show. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that was a house show because otherwise we'd have better footage of it. Still don't know what's going on there, but don't know either. Who freaking knows? But that, I will say on Friday, I was out and uh, I met with Gabe and it's when he informed me that WWE is going to be TV TV 14 for the rating. And And now there's reports that we don't know when or if that is going to be a thing. I don't know because when I watched um, SmackDown, at least as far as I remember, on the top left corner of the TV, it showed TV 14 and then... Uh, Pat McAfee was really selling that that rating. Hmm. Well, I'm by selling that. I mean, with his promo. Right. Yeah, I didn't which I'm sure all of SmackDown, but him going oh, bum ass Corbin. He he said that a lot. Bum ass Corbin, douchebag. Um. Whole lot of ass was in there, specifically bum ass Corbin. And then after a while, Baron Corbin or Happy Corbin, sorry, uh, appeared on the Titan Tron, said something to Pat McAfee. You there, Brandon? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I was just checking. I went kind of quiet there for a second. Yeah, I didn't see this Liv Morgan Natalia match. Liv Morgan won pinfall. Um, after this, we have an interview with Theory. He's being interviewed. Paul Heyman comes in. Um, Heyman says that cashing in on Roman doesn't make any sense and he says that he wants to work with Theory to set up a bigger match against Roman to make more money Theory says he's going to cash in on Roman or Brock and after that he's going to hire Heyman once he's champion it was a good promo that I was. still don't know what the fuck they're going to do I think that's nope. That's really a good thing to have going for money in bank. That's the way it should be. I well, I don't even mean like I don't know what they're gonna do, but like he's either gonna lose, which is gonna be disappointing, mm-hmm. or he's gonna win, which is unbelievable. And even if he does win, he's gonna get massive back because uh, when I when I look around pertaining to Austin Theory, it's always like Vince McMahon show. I throw it again. Yep. I'm not even going to go over the Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston dresses the right Viking Raiders. This is fucking stupid. I was watching that with my sister and uh, laughing mostly because of the goofiness that Kofi had going on. But it was it was definitely ridiculous. It's all whenever you show non wrestling people wrestling, it's always embarrassing shit like that. It always, all the time. But the thing is, though, is like my she would watch wrestling sometimes with me and my dad growing up, 
So she's familiar with with wrestling, but not as into it as like you or I am. Yeah. Like she knew who was there, like Kofi Xavier. She didn't really know the Viking Raiders. I don't blame her. Yeah. After this, we have Gunther telling Ludwig that losing is not acceptable. There's going to be consequences. Ludwig apologizes, and Gunther chops him. Gave him a lot of vicious chops. God damn, does Gunther have some vicious chops. Oh, after this, we have Aaliyah making an entrance. Um, I didn't. I didn't see this segment, so I'm trying to make heads and tails of it. So it says Aaliyah makes her entrance. Lacey Evans demands that her entrance is done again for a louder uh, Because Aaliyah was going to have a match with Lacey Evans, and Lacey Evans wasn't having it because uh, I remember now. I, I forgot about this, and now I remember. So she basically says that She's not better than anyone in the arena, but they aren't better than her. She says she served her country and put her life on the line for everyone. She's a prime example of what everyone should be, but they aren't. Then she tries to apologize to the fans, but they don't take it. And then she tells the fans to go to hell. So. We're back on this. Which way we tried? We tried to do babyface. Now we're going to do heel, and now we don't know what we're doing again. So we're just going to go with heel for the time, and then who knows what will happen next week? I I don't know. After this, we had Drew McIntyre versus Ridge Holland. I did not watch this because I am not invested in either person. I watched it, and the match was. Good, all things considered. Uh, just the whole thing with the with Butch on outside, like Seamus holding him back while he's getting all rowdy. I'm so sick of that. I really am. Yeah, same. But after that, you know Drew McIntyre's winning and some weird shit going on with the sword. I don't know. I don't know why the sword is a big thing again in terms of storyline. Just have it be a prop. That's it. Yeah, I I don't know. We can move on now. I've essentially just said about maybe eight minutes of wrestling. Not a matter. The match actually lasted three and a half minutes. Oh, believe it or not. Wow, I wasn't keeping track of time, but okay, it felt like but it was a bit longer. I wasn't either, but there were the results have a timestamp on them. Ah, which was actually really good. I I like it, and they're both pretty decent. Theory versus Madcap Moss. Yes, that match was really good. Winner via DQ, Madcap Moss. 12 minutes. Yes. After this match, Theory hits Moss with the briefcase. Um, 
starts saying he's going to be the next champion. Sami Zayn interrupts. Says there's consequences for disrespecting the bloodline. And yeah, then the Usos come out. Madcap throws Theory into a ring post. uh, And then throws Theory into the timekeeper's area. Yep. I, I don't know. And then, which leads into our main event. That I wish to Christ we could skip. That match was really good. I'll let you talk about it because I got pissed off and didn't watch it. <laughs> I'm tired of these fucking people. I'm sorry, but I, I just am. So the main event of SmackDown was Angelo Dawkins versus, was it Jimmy Uso? Yes. And um, it was just a singles match, and it, I, it was really good. Like, both teams, Street Profits, Usos, really good, even in singles matches. And um, Angelo Dawkins got the win, and they wanted to tell the story that the refs aren't catching, like, shoulders being up, which, in this case, yes, Jimmy Uso's shoulder was up during the pin, and the ref just didn't see it because that. Because shenanigans was on the other side of him, and it didn't look like that from the angle he was at. So, which led to Adam Pierce coming out and hammering home the whole point. The story is a bad officiating, quote unquote, from the referees, and the special guest referee is Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. That's that overclouds every other aspect of this for me because I've you could put a, a blind twenty five year old dog in the middle of that ring and I'll be more interested in watching that than any more Usos or Street Profits. <laughs> So, uh, if they would only, I, I, I can, I can tell you right now what would definitely alleviate your frustration is if they'd have them only appear like once a week instead of like every show. They need to go, which is a big problem. Like Ten months and just not do anything, and then bring them back and use them as often as you should. Just like every two weeks, three weeks or so. And like, because them unifying the tag titles was a good idea at the time, but now it's just we don't have very many tag teams on the roster. Randy Orton's injured, so RK Bro isn't a thing at the moment. Uh, the division is very small. And so the only reliable people you have in the, the championship uh, spots are literally. Usos, Street Profits, New Day. So you you're just yeah yeah corner essentially with division, but uh, who knows? I'm not the man who runs the roster, the one that's got budgets and whatnot. Which uh, since we are finished talking about. Um, Results. 
I want to bring up something uh, in terms of uh, how everything makes sense to me once my eyes were opened after watching a YouTube video. Like, all the budget cuts leading up to uh, Logan Paul signing and the whole shift of signing athletes and, like, celebrities, it all makes sense as to why they got rid of all the indie sweethearts and now are signing multi-million dollar deals for celebrities, athletes who have nothing to do with pro wrestling. You know, I'm going to say Logan Paul is a, an exception. Oh, he really... Out- as much as I don't like um, the Pauls, like, I, I'm not... They still have a bad taste in my mouth, but I will admit he is a good athlete. Um, he was great me, match for his first match. He was great. Yeah, it was, it was great. And with that kind of thing, with most people saying, like, I, I don't like the Paul brothers and, like, they annoy the shit out of me, whatever. Great. I would, I, would, hey, I would rather have Logan than Jake. That's it. Could be a great heel. You never know. He, I, he can easily get heel heat. The thing is, he's going to be a very hard baby face to sell if you ever book him to be that. This is going to sound dumb, but I could see him being a baby face and like just saying, you know, I'm here now, I'm humbled by it, I want to do things the right way. And he gets an opportunity for like a U.S. title or an intercontinental title somewhere down the line. And that's when he turns heel and it, he cheats to get the title and he says i'm just kidding you know i still know i'm the best and you know yeah they can easily sell that sort of stuff and you'd you'd have me fooled i'm just saying that's that's my theory of what they could do like they have potential with them he's willing to learn he's got charisma he's got all things to be like a good wrestler like a great wrestler even I just wanted to bring up the point of like how eye-opening it is for like looking back at all the budget cuts and all the people that were released and up until that moment, I was like, oh my God, this start it really starts to make sense. They're not hiring wrestlers, they're hiring personas at this point. They are. That's literally all Nick Khan is doing. He's like, he sees where the money is and um is getting contracts for people to with, with the money that they are uh, like, I don't remember how much Logan Paul's signing was. It was, they are put, at least it, it, they were putting away that money and they're going to get their money back. And then some, yeah. Cause once he gets t-shirts and you know what, you're going to roll your eyes, punch me the next time you see me kick my ass whatever but i'm gonna say it if he comes up if they come out with a logan paul or a shit which one is it i can never keep them straight the names it's logan paul 
Is it Logan? Yeah, it's Logan. Jake's the Jake's the fighter one. Well, the uh, right? they're both they both box, but Jake's more so of um, the more prominent one. Yeah, the more prominent one. The Logan Paul is the one that we're talking. Yes, Logan Paul is Logan. the one we're talking about. If they make a Logan Paul figure, I'm gonna get it. I can't believe you're telling you. Uh, you laugh, but it it'll shoot up watching. Oh, twenty five years when it's a three thousand dollar figure for some fucking reason. I understand, like long term financially, like that figure over time is going to increase tremendously in value. I think there's an appeal too to like it's a person that's not traditionally a wrestler and he has a figure. Yeah. Like if, um, if Lawrence Taylor had a figure from his WrestleMania match, David Arquette, if David Arquette had a figure, maybe, maybe Pete Rose, that'd be a cool one. Pete Rose and Kane two pack. There you go. That's a lot of money, though, to license both those names. Yeah. Um, but Kane stuff always sells, man. There isn't, there isn't a single Kane figure I know of that is not worth at least double what it retailed when it was in stores. Damn, really? Yeah. I collect... Every time there's a Kane figure that comes out, I get it. I love collecting those figures. I don't have any of like the Jax era ones except for the Jax classic superstars. I paid like thirty bucks for it. It's worth between a hundred and hundred and fifty now. Damn. There's certain people that when they come out with figures, I get them every time. They're obvious ones, the Baileys, the Becky Lynch's, the um Alexa Bliss, and then there's like Kane I'll always grab, Vader I'll always grab. Piper, 99% of the time I'll grab. Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Because they don't make figures for them much. The Legion of Doom, because they really don't make figures much. But, yeah. Hmm. Learn something new every day. Yeah, there's there's certain people, man, that people are just rabid for. Legion of Doom's a big one because they. I have these two elites, which are the $20. They retail $20. These came out years ago, like maybe four years ago, maybe a little longer, mm-hmm. of the Legion of Doom. 20 bucks a piece. And they go for at least $300 right now for the pair. Damn. Then there's like a two pack of them that cost twenty dollars when I got it that goes for about a hundred. There's like th- three or four sets of them from Jack's Classics that go for all but one of them go for a good amount of money. But mm-hmm. Vader stuff usually goes pretty good. I think it's the costume costuming. Yeah. That's what I'd say is uh, those costumes um, are very iconic in the certain uh, scenarios. Always remember the WrestleMania costumes. 
uh, for very prominent wrestlers. Even so, it, like Vader, Kane, Legion of Doom, they all had like really cool stuff to their entrance. The Vader had the helmet. Kane yeah. had the mask. Legion of Doom. Le- 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 Legion of Doom has the face paint and the shoulder pads. Yep. Speaking of, I'm going to Midland. I'm going to Midland tomorrow. I'm super excited. Because every time I go now, I get an LJN figure, which is those big rubber ones. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a picture tomorrow. Sweet. I'm debating which one I want because you got Mr. Fuji. He's pricey, like 65 bucks. Oh, yeah. Because he has the accessories. There's, I thought about getting the Davy Boy Smith, but then I'd have to buy the British Bulldog right after, and he doesn't have those. Or he doesn't have uh, British Bulldog. So I have to go to eBay. He has a set of killer bees for about 70 bucks. <laughs> um, who else is there? Brutus Beefcake, that'd be kind of cool. Don Morocco. So I got some, uh, I got some choices to make tomorrow. That you do? I got the Lou Albano the last time I went. and I love that figure, man. It's just this big rubber fucking dog toy of a figure. <laughs> it really, they do look like dog toys, but they're, I like them. Oh, that's funny. Shit, who else does he have? He has a Terry Funk, but it's missing the accessories, so I don't know if I want to get that one or not. I get it with the accessories if you're going to go for Terry Funk. You just got to have them. It's a little more expensive, but yeah, I I might do it. Because if I get the figure there, then I got to buy the accessories on eBay separately and yeah, tax on that stuff and just bleh. I'm trying to think of who else he has. Shit. Oh, he has Corporal Kirshner. I'm not going to get that one because that's, that's going to be a later one. I'll probably end up getting Beefcake if it's in good condition because that's probably the most prominent one left yeah. there. Brutus Beefcake. Like sticking out in my, in my memory. Yeah. I really want a Kamala one, but I, I haven't seen one yet. Kamala and Junkyard Dog. That's a name I haven't heard in forever. Junkyard Dog. Yeah, he has a he has a figure that just came out like a year ago too. It's down to like twenty bucks. I'm tempted to get it on eBay, but I just haven't done it. Cause I'm in the process of moving apartments and I've now that it's all unorganized, I've come to the realization of how much shit I actually have here, let alone at home. It's like, dear God, I just need to stop. (laughs) I will not. I will not stop. I can stop, but I won't. Mm -mm. Just a well-oiled machine on figures. Figures, cards. I did restrain myself because I'm doing consignment stuff right now. And I had some wrestling cards come through. Ooh. 
2006 and seven. Uh, there was a Kurt Angle relic, Hogan, Big Show, relic cards, which is just like a piece of shirt that they wore in a, at an event in a card. Mm-hmm. Viscera autograph, Molina autographs, and I sold them. Damn. And I sold them. There was a Cody Rhodes rookie I thought about investing in, but I didn't. Because I was like, I, 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 I don't need it right now. I'm going to regret right. it because it's going to be a fucking $100 card when he wins the championship, and I could have bought it for 20 but whatever. I wouldn't have sold it anyway because I'll be geeking out when he wins the title. Yeah, okay, we'll be shit-talking Gabe when he wins the title. <laughs> oh, Lordy. With that, though, I think we should uh, wrap her up. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for stopping by. And if you made it through the entire thing at the end there where we were kind of going off, hope you enjoyed it. We will talk to you next week. See you later.